Welcome everyone to the Crit Rate Podcast for Monday, April 3rd. I'm your host, Justin Skirbo, and today I'm joined by Justin Chow. Hello. And this week we are also joined by a very special guest. It is Josh, the fourth gen gamer. Welcome, Josh. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. We are thrilled to have you. We were lucky enough to meet Josh and a couple of his friends at PAX East last week. Uh, you guys came by the Crit Rate booth and took the profile, and I believe you landed in Curionot, correct? Yes, indeed. That's awesome. Did you enjoy the process of kind of going through and finding a little bit about yourself? I know you and your friends kind of uh, had a uh, a cool conversation about it during the event. Yeah, we had a little bit of a powwow. We just uh, sat at the round tables at PAX East. We were all taking the quiz and seeing what we got. I think the most common from, I think it was five of us, was the Curio Knot, but we got uh, we definitely got some different ones amongst my speedrunner friends that are a little bit more, you know, high-end strategy. Uh, I forget which one was that, the purple one, I think? Uh, Vantages, Vantages, yeah, those are those are highly strategic gamers. And it's actually interesting, so usually, so we've met uh, other speedrunners in the past, and they tend to fall into the ascendiary category, which is our high achievers. Um, but this is actually one of... Uh, many questions that I have for you over the course of this podcast. Uh, as I started to kind of look into your catalog a bit, learn a bit more about your uh, the content that you make. Uh, like I said, you're a, a content creator, YouTuber, Twitch streamer, all of the above, but uh, primarily that's rooted in speedrunning. Uh, as I started to learn a little bit more about your content, I was like, oh, this is starting to make a little bit more sense, right? Um, so I was learning about the uh, the Nuzlocks that you do, as well as some of the different challenges and all these kinds of things. And I was like, oh, these are very experimental ways to play games. And, uh, you know, I'm just really curious. I wanted to learn just a bit more about yourself and kind of how you got into games and, you know, just sort of like learn the story of how you got into content creation. You know, it's all about personalities. And uh, we found yours very fascinating. We had a great conversation. So I was just hoping to uh, to learn a bit more about you today. Yeah, experimental is a good word for it. I'm always trying to shake things up and play things in a different way, given that 95% of what I play is Pokemon right now. You know, mm -hmm. you have to uh, really experiment and try different things to keep it fresh. I started content a little over a decade ago. I just celebrated my 10-year content anniversary in January. Oh, congratulations. congratulations. Thank you, thank you. It was back when I was in high school at that point. And... Oh, it actually started with sports gaming as my main thing. Um, I'm a big baseball fan, and I watched a lot of sports commentary videos on YouTube, and that's what inspired me at the start. And then within maybe eight months, I got into Pokemon on YouTube, and I've been playing Pokemon since I was like 10, and then okay. I found my niche as a Pokemon creator. So that was did kind you of say, like your... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Justin. Sorry, did you say you were watching baseball commentary? commentary videos like specifically videos about the commentary of baseball not baseball necessarily they were sports video game commentary so ah, like i see you have the baseball games where you create your own player and mm -hmm. pretty much creators just made a story about their player and they did commentary over like the highlights which was really cool <laughs> oh wow that's, awesome. that's kind of like a uh sort of like a role play kind of scenario, you know, about their characters. That's pretty interesting. But so Pokemon is kind of your bread and butter. So what really kind of like got you into Pokemon? Was it just like the hot thing when you were younger? I know for us, I think we're a little bit older, but I mean, Justin and I was like first grade, you know, that's when Pokemon <laughs> yeah. Blue and Red came out and it kind of just took over the whole world at that point. Uh, was that sort of the same case for you? Yeah, I'm a little bit of a late bloomer with Pokemon. Uh, at least relatively speaking, that's why I'm called the fourth gen gamer, because it was actually the fourth generation of Pokemon back in 2008-ish when Pokemon Diamond came out. And yep. really the big thing was word of mouth. You know, all your friends are playing it, so you're like, okay, I really want to play. <laughs> and that's yeah. really what got me into it. Awesome. And then it was, I guess, just kind of existing sort of within the uh, YouTube atmosphere, just being aware of sort of this sports commentary stuff that it just kind of sparked it in you. Because, I mean, you you have to there's a bit of a lift to get into content creation, right? You know, you have to get equipment, you have to, you know, have a, a story to tell, like what, what really kind of motivated you in that way? It definitely was other content creators. The first motivation really was those sports YouTubers. But after that, I was watching a lot of Pokemon YouTubers. And at that point I fell out of Pokemon for a few years when that was sort of the phase of Pokemon when it was like uncool to like Pokemon there was like a few years where that was the case. And then, you know, I revisited it and I was like, huh, Pokemon's really fun. It's Why did I stop playing this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love Pokemon. So yeah. 
yeah, just seeing other creators uh, like do Nuzlocks and stuff because Nuzlocks have been around for a while, which is like a challenging way to play a Pokemon game with a custom rule set where like if Pokemon faint, you can never use them again. Other things like that. Uh, yeah. That was very much something that I was like, wow, this is cool. And that was a big inspiration early on. Yeah, yeah. this is kind of... Sorry, go ahead, Justin. <laughs> I, keep jumping uh, I was about to say, the, the customized rule set is fascinating. I only have recently dipped my toes into even like learning about this from a friend of mine who was also hard, like very hardcore with her, her set of friends who played with specific rule sets when they all start at the exact same time and they have to go to like uh, which mall gyms at the same time. But the way that speedrunners do it, like just for those who don't know, like what is Nuzlocke? Yeah, so Nuzlocking is kind of like a parallel to speedrunning. They're a little bit different, uh, but Nuzlocking is sort of a way to play a Pokemon game with uh, a rule set that challenges you. The main three rules are that you can only catch the first Pokemon you see at a location, so you don't really get to choose your Pokemon. The game chooses it for you. If a Pokemon faints, you can't use it again, and the third rule is you have to nickname your Pokemon. That way, when yeah. they die, it's like it, it's like the pain, the agony. Yeah, uh, right. like a more of <laughs> the a, emotional a attachment. Connection. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. See, it, it really does fascinate me how to, you know, kind of unlock new potentials in games like this, because especially with Pokemon, you know, once you sort of get through the cycle, you do kind of gain a mastery over that game. Like any replays that I've done of, you know, any of the primary games in the past, it becomes you know, a lot, I don't want to say easier, but it, you just kind of know what to expect. You know exactly where to go and where to find the good stuff and, and all these kinds of things. So to be able to kind of, you know, change up the formula a little bit, I can definitely see the appeal. Yeah, you definitely start to like know the the lines of the code after a while. And you're just like, okay, well, if I want to produce that kind of kind of reaction, then I just have to do A, B, and C. And then I'll immediately do that. Um, I definitely, <clears throat> I'd say like the only game that I've loved enough to want to do I don't know, go back into it and do specific runs or like Final Fantasy Tactics where you do it where you only play as like the main character Ramza or like really Breath of the Wild where it's like you can't just use potions wherever you want or like eat food whenever you want. You have to play it in a specific rule set, break line of sight, something along those lines. And it's like you can really I can I can only personally ever get into those games at that level if I cared enough about those games. There's not many games that I care about that are on that level, I would say. So like Pokemon for you. Also, like, what other challenges have you asked yourself to, like, achieve with Pokemon other than beating it as fast as possible and, like, nuzlocking? Are there, are there like, some crazy other rule sets that you go with that you enjoy? Yeah, I think in the last couple of years since I've really started doing more speedrunning-oriented challenges, I've done a lot more completionist-type challenges. And actually, mm -hmm. in a few weeks from now, I'm going to be doing an event that is called the Pokemon Series Race, and that is beating... Every single Pokemon game, including every spin-off game, every side game, and catching every single Pokemon in one sitting with a team of what? three people. Endless oh until it's done. <laughs> That's gonna be insane. I mean, you're talking hours and hours. Well, I suppose if you if you've got the formula, you know, you can kind of optimize that. Uh have you ever tried or attempted something like that before? I've done segments of the Pokemon franchise. My most recent one was doing all of the Switch Pokemon games. I did that in I believe 23 hours. I have the world record for that for doing every Switch Pokemon Mad game. Madness. Oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> very much a a test of stamina to speed run for that long. <laughs> yeah. So you said you've got a team of three people. Is it like you kind of have chosen individuals that are, I don't know, more skilled at certain uh eras of Pokemon or like certain like categories? So you kind of like switch off with these people or Yeah, I fortunately was chosen for my team i'm not like the leader of my team i was chosen because uh i have a lot of experience with like the newer pokemon games like the 3ds and the switch games okay and those are very long games these days because of the cutscenes. so yeah being able to like have a more high-end runner for those games saves a lot of time just because of how long that they are gotcha interesting yeah do you, all three of you have to complete the game and get a full pokedex on each game in order to clear the challenge or is it just one person that's fueling is it all the uh, all three fueling one cartridge or one game rather it's uh it's cumulative so like i'll be handling xyz games well not literally pokemon x and y but i yeah. i handle this set of games another person handles another set of games 
and then we uh we have like a spreadsheet with like a thousand lines in it for like every oh single God. pokemon and which wow. which game we're going to be catching which pokemon in it's very very detailed <laughs> so are you allowed to run them simultaneously or is it kind of like when somebody's running the other two are watching yeah that's exactly right we're going to be doing eight hour shifts and we're going to be uh... on twitch like raiding one into another into another Gotcha. For the estimate is 310 hours. <laughs> I was going to say, you got to uh, practice the uh, the power nap and be like, okay, this is my chance. This is what I can rest yep. up before my next, uh, my next opportunity. In the team of three, who handles the food? Like, who's That's ordering That's a great food? question. Uh, we're actually all yeah, right. <laughs> it's all timed out, scheduled. Yeah. Yeah, fortunately, we're all in our own locations uh we're not going to be in person together so my roommate will be helping me a little bit with oh, that okay. that's <laughs> awesome yeah. who's hooking you up to the IV? yeah <laughs> it's it's funny so I've, I've looked into some of the other videos that you've created and it seems like these sort of like team dynamic uh challenge you know oriented content is kind of it, it seems like that's your your wheelhouse you know i looked up uh, the Cutthroat Pokemon series and Speedrun Survivor, which honestly, the production quality in Speedrun Survivor was actually really awesome. Can you tell me a little bit about sort of like your inspiration for those kinds of, you know, bigger scale events and, and what goes into, you know, creating a production like that? Yeah, I I had to really sit down a few years ago and think what my value proposition is, what makes me different. What, what what makes me different from all the other Pokemon content creators because there's so many there's people out there making Pokemon content and you know it can't just be personality so uh what I try to focus on is organized chaos which is kind of uh kind of like an oxymoron but also yeah. something that I want to try and uh do the best I can with um just bringing people together I feel like is a really good way to do that uh, mm -hmm. I I just sit down and I brainstorm I try and think of ideas uh you know, since I got into speedrunning, I came up with the idea of speedrun survivor and uh, I flew everyone in. We like did a whole studio situation. It was uh, it was pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, it, it looked awesome. Can I ask what is speedrun survivor? That's a great question. So you mean, it, yeah, pitch it to me. So it's a reality TV style show where you have four professional speedrunners that have a lot of experience and four people who have never done a speed run in their life. Mm -hmm. And they literally have one day to learn an entire speed run and then race each other. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's such a cool concept, especially the best part of like introduce people to it. You know, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, that's a big part of the goal was to get people into speed running. The mm -hmm. best part is that you have all of the players in one room racing each other and then all of the coaches watching on the TV real time and maybe cursing, uh, yelling some curses and watching their students at work yeah it is pretty interesting um, because like speed running is kind of like an athletic event almost you know what i mean it's like pressing all the buttons at the exact right time frame perfect jumps all of this uh, understanding the mechanics behind the game and seeing the lines of the code and it's funny to think that you can take this show and then start or not show rather but like you could take this concept and then turn it into kind of like a game show skirbo was the first one to introduce me to what speed running even was by showing me videos of the like golden eye speed running like history and like how people have done specific stages or in specific things like learning like the ram yeah. or like how to access the ram of like a game in a specific way it blows my mind that this exists and now i like to have reality television shows coming out of it that sounds fascinating the speed run survivor yeah it's a it's a pretty amazing thing now you don't just go about like just doing that one day. I mean, I feel like there's such a level of commitment that has to go into like making your content to start to create stuff of that scale. You know, was there sort of this clear, like, I don't know, like life junction that you hit where you're just like, all right, like we're going full on content like this. This is going to be my lane. Cause like, I mean, even for Justin and I, our previous media company that has become crit rate, we dabbled in making videos and things like that. And it was more so just as an opportunity to like, I, it was almost like a creative outlet, really. It was not so much like, all right, this is going to be like the bread and butter, right? It was like, we're just going to experiment and see what we can do. I think it's, it takes a whole different level of commitment to really, you know, go full on. So what was, uh, was there a point in your life where you're like, okay, you know what? Like, we're mainlining content. Like, this is what we want to do. Yeah, fortunately, when I was at the very start of college, a new Pokemon generation came out and... It was during my first semester of college, and I was like, 
I want to just give this a shot. I'm not going to get like a part-time job. It's my first semester. I want to settle in. I'm still at home and just hit this new game really hard. And that was in 2016. And I had a lot of success with it. You know, content and having success with content is definitely a big mix of hard work, but also luck. You need to get very lucky. And especially on YouTube, you need to be really lucky. And I, I was very fortunate to be lucky back in 2016. And I was able to just grow grow it out over the next few years in college. I, I had that that time window where I was able to grow it and put a lot of time into it while still getting a degree. And by the time I was out of college, 2020 graduate, pandemic, that kind of situation. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I was able to make it full time. Um, I was able to see that I was making enough money to move out and sustain myself. And yeah, I mean, it's 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 a very stressful job in that sense, but also it's a, it's like a dream job, you know, being well, yeah, your own it's, boss. It's like a self-starting thing. You know, you, you kind of wake up and you're like, you know, I, I've got to feed me today. So let's yeah. let's, you know, jump on the horse and do what you have to do. Yep. Um, yeah. So that also goes hand in hand with Twitch, which I feel like is also a, a really sort of challenging environment because there's a lot of, you know, saturation of different, you know, different people making content or uh, you know, there's essentially an endless list of options as far as what you can watch. So was it just kind of like the consistency of, you know, we're going and we're just speed running every day and that's kind of what ended up catching or was there something else that, you know, kind of fueled your approach? It definitely helped to have YouTube as the foundation that definitely launched me onto Twitch, uh, to have a successful channel because people just wanted to hang out with me. And I already had sort of a established community on YouTube. And I mean, that that was very helpful. I really like that on Twitch. It can be a little bit of a dangerous rabbit hole of just streaming, streaming, streaming. But you know, you really do, you, you are able to work and see the results come out of it. Like if you want to stream 12 hours, you can stream 12 hours uh, yeah. and as long as you're taking care of yourself, uh, you, you're you're guaranteed a little bit more results than on YouTube where you could put so much effort into a video and mm. then it just doesn't get caught in the algorithm. Mm. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think that's part of, partially where the uh, the luck element comes in, right? Like it's mm. hitting the right video at the right time with the right thumbnail and the right title and all this kind of stuff, right? Hmm. Did you, when you were in college, uh, you said you were streaming then too? What, yeah, I was. What were you going to college for? Was it a degree in anything you're doing now? Things like video production or, you know, sound engineering, video engineering? Yeah, it's like tangentially related. I got a associates in computer science and then a bachelor's in information systems. Okay. I did specialize in social media, but, you know, it's, wasn't a whole lot of video related things. A lot of stuff I just learned through just self-learning and YouTube tutorials. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you, I mean, Justin and I came from the same college and uh, <clears throat> uh, where we went to business, uh, where we went to college or what our degrees were are really nothing related to what we're doing right now. But it, uh, it is interesting that, you know, you kind of come from when you were in college at that time, were you enjoying the classes that you were going with uh, going for? Yeah. Yeah. If this, uh, whenever the wheels come off of this full-time content job, uh, I don't think I'm going to be doing information systems work yeah. kind of like that, I guess. Yeah. College is, is an interesting, like, it's an interesting situation because it gives you such access to, like, people and, uh, and really just time that you can start to do whenever. I mean, that was really where, like, Justin and, uh, and my kind of career into gaming sort of started from. Like at that point, I was just writing blogs and I started getting invited to events like uh, like E3 and things like that. And Justin kind of uh, made me very oh, aware yeah. that he wanted to be there on the journey with me. So uh, and and we did. And it was kind of like the best thing that could have happened. Um, so that's a question in that sort of space. Right. Um, as you're making content, experimenting with Twitch, finding, you know, finding your feet with videos and stuff, were you kind of on this journey alone or did you have, you know, friends alongside of you that, you know, you could kind of like bounce ideas off of or make videos together with? Cause like I said, as, as I started to dig into your catalog, it seems like, you know, almost all of your videos tend to incorporate a friend or a challenge or something where you have like, uh, you know, people with you doing stuff. So is that kind of always been a, a theme or? 
Yeah, I love collaboration. I love working with people. I feel like that's something that inspires me a lot. One of the events that I organized, I directed a, a Pokemon charity marathon. It had like 20 people. We all were at, a, we were raising money for direct relief in Santa Barbara. We were at their headquarters. We raised $45,000 in three days. Yo, which is crazy. incredible. And yeah, we, made, we made a big difference. And, you know, I feel like just knowing that there were so many great creators, so many passionate creators there uh, is just, it's really inspiring. And I feel like just bringing people together is something that means a lot to me. And without that, uh, it would just feel really lonely and not as fulfilling. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, like I said, when we uh, when we ran into you at PAX, you know, you had uh, your friends right alongside you, you know, all hanging out. Uh, have you been going to events like a lot? Is it usually just like PAXs and stuff that you go to? I have to imagine you're going to like TwitchCon and things like that. Yeah, I, I love going to events, love traveling. I uh, Usually it's PAX and TwitchCon. Sometimes mm -hmm. I go to, there's like a Pokemon World Championship. Sometimes I go to those. Um, but yeah, okay. love traveling. So I've let's. Not to, <clears throat> I've not been to a TwitchCon before. How different is it from a PAX? Is it, I mean, I assume it has to be wildly different. And not to mention, it's probably built for people to be streaming at TwitchCon, right? Uh, not so much. There's not a ton of like IRL streamers. They're definitely, they're there, but. It, it it feels like PAX, but you could definitely tell it's very Twitch-centric in terms yeah. of even, like, the Expo Hall. A lot of the booths there are very hyper-specific to Twitch. Um, mm. It's it's cool because you're more likely to find people there that you know if you're a big Twitch person because PAX is kind of for everyone. It's for tabletop right. people, people that like comics, whatever. Yeah. Uh, TwitchCon is just so much more hyper-focused, so it has that community feeling, which is nice. That's very cool. That's very cool. Um, so I want to jump back into Pokemon because this is obviously, you know, your world. It's, it's kind of, you know, where, uh, where you found your audience and everything like that. So what is it really about those games that kind of speaks to you as a gamer? Like what is it, is it just more of a nostalgic thing? Like you've just been playing it for so long, or is there just something about the structure of that sort of this old, old school, like RPG kind of mechanic, like really what speaks to you? Yeah, it's funny. I, I usually don't uh, play a ton of RPGs. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like what makes Pokemon special is that every playthrough, every challenge, speedrun, whatever, is going to be completely different from the last, and it's all about adapting. I, mm -hmm. feel like, I feel like that's really cool about Pokemon. You could have a different team every time. You can do shiny hunting where you're just sitting there getting endless encounters until you get a shiny Pokemon, or you can do a speedrun. I feel yeah. like the variety, uh, playthrough to playthrough, and being able to just explore what the game has to offer, like, it, it's so much fun. I love yeah. that. That that is true. That is true. There's so many. It's like making the best decisions that you can, like in real time, as far as like, you know, what do I want this team to be like? And it's it's really kind of like feeling oriented, right? Like, uh, I typically when a new Pokemon game comes out, Justin, myself, and our like crew at Crit Rate, we tend to play them uh, all at the same time. And we have this like softer rule when Pokemon Sword and Shield came out. It was like we would all play up until the first gym battle. And then like once we got there, we would all stop playing so that we could all battle each other like at that point. So we could kind of see where everyone was at. And it was always so interesting seeing kind of like what choices people decided to make as far as like who's in their party and like, you know, what uh, what starters they went with and all this kind of stuff. Uh, it really does open up a lot of opportunities in that way to to kind of experiment um, Actually, which I again, I think speaks to your uh, your Curionaut seating. Sorry, Justin, you were saying? No, I'm it's totally true. But also, when you get a new Pokemon game, I mean, given you're playing, you know, the same ones over and over again, but when a new one comes out, is there a, I don't know, a process that you like to go with before you like peel open the seal, you open up the the game, like digitally download it however you however you get it right but at the same time like do you sit with it first like alone or do you stream with it immediately is there any type of uh you know traditions like you rituals, have before going yeah. In? yeah right rituals exactly yeah I, I actually do it's yeah so i i'm the person on youtube if anyone while listening to this has looked up a tutorial video for a pokemon game you've probably come across my video for okay. any of the recent games. So all of the, like, how to get every TM in this game mm -hmm. video since, like, the 2016 games, I have gotten out 
within like a day or two of release. Oh my so wow. my process is pretty much I play the game endlessly and I record and I have like a timestamping program and I timestamp every time I get an item. Even if I don't think it's useful, I get every single item and then I have 100% tutorial videos within a day of release. Wow. And that has held true. It's been, it was really hard for the recent game Pokemon Scarlet and Violet because it's open world. It was mm -hmm. really hard for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I literally drew a Photoshop map and like <laughs> colored in when I like, when I explored uh, specific portions. It was, it was brutal. But My I did. I was about and to I say, did that like, every when, game. When the trailer of that dropped and you found out that it was open world, were you sweating a little bit? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, uh, that's got to be such a methodical process because it's like, it, now is that with the intention of like making content around it or making these tutorials or more so just to like kind of know for yourself, like if this becomes a future speedrunning game or like you know what what's kind of like that primary driver there yeah it's a little bit of both getting a feel for the controls and exploring all the areas is is it's a good way to get accustomed to it for the speed run because i know i'm going to speed run it i remember with pokemon brilliant diamond shining pearl when that came out in 2021 i actually discovered an item that the speed run riders just didn't know about because they skipped over it really? uh, so that was that was cool uh Wait, what was it, it definitely it was uh the metronome item in uh Velstone City so you get a 10% damage boost every time that you use the same move consecutively mm -hmm. so it's very oh, useful wow. yeah. for the speedrun uh the viewership aspect is definitely big with uh you know trying to have a full-time income getting these tutorial videos is huge because it's just passive income like yeah everybody have, will go back to them at all yeah i have videos all. from 2014 that get like 5 cents a month but when you have like hundreds of videos that get that like you know, 14-year-old Josh is making me money right now. Yeah, <laughs> it adds up. It's a great way of putting it. I was going to say, yeah. future self is definitely thanking past self. Yeah. <laughs> probably didn't know it at the time. You were probably like, we'll see if this turns into something. And now you're like, good job. Yep. <laughs> good job, Josh. <laughs> way to go. Well, so, th so throughout all those uh, TM, sorry for interrupting you. No, no, go for it. Uh, it's so hard when we're doing it digitally, man. Um, yeah. But <clears throat> when you're doing all those TM round videos and such, I do have to ask you, do you have a favorite tm because i will say a like favorite tm right because i definitely will say like when i get some in the games and given like i haven't i play pokemon games way more passively than you do definitely not even close to you right but like there are definitely some when i uh, some of them when i get them i'm like that was good i remember and i think i'm gonna like that one do you have any favorites i love earthquake it's mm. just a move that hits really hard it's a fun move some pokemon that you wouldn't think can learn it can learn it mm -hmm. and I mean, everyone loves Earthquake. It's just, it hits hard. And it hits everyone in a double battle. Mm -hmm. Nothing better than when you KO everything on the field, even your own partner with Earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm particularly excited about, like, I would say, like Earthquake and other ones too, uh, like Seismic Toss too. I would say, like, I'm most excited to see how they change the animations up because I feel like big moves True. tend to have the coolest animations. And, like, in the most recent Pokemon games, there's been a lot more frames added to each of these i feel like they're doing definitely doing it better but they could probably still be doing it better i don't know you know what's the one that always confused me when i was a kid uh i was playing like red i think charizard gets fire wheel at a certain point mm -hmm. I, one of them does and i remember seeing the animation for that and being like it it's almost like he like spits fire in like a circle or something and then the future ones it's literally just a wheel that hits them and it yeah. never sat right i'm like this isn't what it's supposed to look like i just you know <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Uh, well, actually, so that brings up another question. When these new games do come out, I mean, obviously, there's got to be uh, favorites and, uh, you know, maybe not so favorites. Has there been any that have, you know, come out and you've been like, whoa, like, this is exactly what I'm looking for? Or ones that have been like, uh, Pokemon Company, I don't know what you're doing right now, but, you know, I'm here for it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think what's most interesting about that would be how much my opinion changes so quickly about a game mm. like pokemon legends arceus is a game that i had that feeling of wow this is incredible this is the dream pokemon game that you know just came out a year ago yeah. and then after that i tried to replay it and i tried to speedrun and i'm like wow this is not fun to play again at all <laughs> i i hate this wow so 
Yeah, I feel like I could see that because we were all about Arceus when it came out. We were like, Same. you know, yeah. how different, how new. It's fun just like throwing Pokeballs and stuff. But I think you might be right. Like going back and trying it again, I feel like that magic would kind of be lost. And it was like the, the first time magic, I think, was really, really strong there. Um, were some of those mechanics not carried over to uh, Scarlet and Violet? Because I didn't play that one. And its reception was not so hot. So it hasn't really convinced me since then. But uh, what's been your experience there? They definitely fixed some things. It's uh, it's less frustrating than Legends Arceus. Like Legends Arceus just had some awkward like components that trying to speed run and just go through the game again made it very frustrating. Like with the overworld Pokemon just not cooperating and like being very aggressive and like it, it was frustrating. Scarlet yeah. Vowel definitely fixes that, but I think Scarlet Vowel also introduces its own set of problems mm. that are like very different from Legends with like performance and frame rate issues. Yeah, it's it feels like they'll just never get exactly. I feel like every everyone who's played an earlier Pokemon game has the same image in their head of like what that 3D Pokemon game should be yeah. like, and they're just not there. Like it's just not it, uh, something's not lining up. It's just not that smooth. Like I don't know what it is, but it's like. I just want it to be a third person, uh, basically a third person shooter Pokemon game. Like, yeah. that's what I want it to be. You know, <laughs> I want to throw the Pokeball and have it hit and enjoy the battle. And uh, I don't know. Josh, out of all the Pokemon games that you've played so far and all the experiences that you've had, all the hours, if you were to make a perfect Pokemon game, what would the mechanics be? I know this is a big question. We could break it up into multiple pieces, but like, would there be, how would you want there to be more like pressure on the player? Would there be more fun in the, the matchup types? Is it like, do you have an answer for me? Yes or no. If not, then we can move on. <laughs> That's a loaded question. <laughs> I have, I have I, my own thoughts as well, but. I feel like flexibility is a good thing. I think that, you know, adding more options, adding more flexibility is a good thing for any Pokemon game. Um, like more options, more resources, you know, giving the player as much agency as they can to make the decisions to have the playthrough be the way that they want it, I think is great. I think we need more of that. I think that there's been less of that. Uh, mm -hmm. Like in the latest Pokemon game, you can't turn off animations. I mean, that's a very mm -hmm. small thing. Bizarre. Yeah, but but uh, speedrunning, that makes a massive difference. Yeah. Yes, for real. It really does. Uh, and I think... I think that's the big thing. I think the other aspect that they've been getting better with is taking away any any aspect of grinding. Like, mm. I feel like grinding anything, like grinding to get items, grinding levels, it gets very old very fast. And mm. I think that doing things to make that better, for example, they've introduced uh, nature mints, so you could change the nature of your Pokemon very easily. That's a really good thing. Um, yeah. That's good. Also, I really like Pokemon Coliseum and XD on the GameCube. You're oh, allowed yeah. to steal shadow Pokemon, steal other players' Pokemon. I think we should bring that back because that's really cool. <laughs> that is really cool. Yeah, it's funny. When you talk about the grinding stuff, I remember when Sword and Shield came out, or maybe it was first in Let's Go. You'll have to remind me. But when like your whole party would get experience for every battle, like no matter what, that I remember originally being like, wait, this feels like cheating. Like It feels like I'm not doing the right thing. And then once you're actually engaged with the game, you're like, wait, this is actually amazing. And uh, I would hate to ever not have this, you know? Yeah. The, the EXP share, I, it would be nice to be able to turn it off, but like mm. the overwhelming majority of people will play with it on and enjoy that it's on. It's a good yeah. thing. Do you prefer the old school uh, Pokemon style where it's, you know, top down moving from square to square, or do you like this kind of like more modern, Maybe not necessarily open world, but just these kind of more like modern gameplay uh, stylings. Oh, that's so tough. You know, I really am a Pokemon fan. I love all of the Pokemon games, even the ones that I hate the most. I love them all and I'll have fun. I'll have fun playing any of them. Even Pokemon Channel. <laughs> I, OK, that game I did play on stream like a few months ago. I don't know. That one's a little rough. Yeah. <laughs> have oh. a few laughs with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like the, I, I really liked the initial 3DS games, which I know is not a super popular opinion, but where it was kind of like a fusion of 2D, like top down uh, with the 3D. I really like that format where 
This is like uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Yeah, those are those are probably my favorite games. I, I do really like them. Um, I feel yeah. like the open world format doesn't really suit me very well for mm. like Pokemon. The more that we've gotten towards that, like it's cool, but I feel like Pokemon thrives off of a linear format. And if it is not a linear format, I feel like they need to direct you at least a little bit because with Scarlet Violet, there is no level scaling. You could mm. go to the wrong, the quote wrong town and then all of a sudden you're 50 levels lower than you should be. Oh, so I feel like Pokemon yeah. benefits from the OG, more linear, top-down format. Mm. Yeah, it's funny. I, I liked how it, it almost felt like Sword and Shield sort of split the difference, where it was mostly linear, and frankly, the wild areas were, at least in my opinion, kind of the, the weakest part of the games. Uh, I don't know, because that, that's when it sort of like pointed out a lot of the, the uh, Switch's technical flaws, where you're like, okay, now it's laggy. I see these, like, you know, crap frame rates and all this kind of stuff and it, i just felt very like aimless there it was like i i wasn't progressing in the way that felt like natural or like intended and i think it also disrupted the flow of the game because i was like well am i supposed to be here and grind for a little bit so i make the next thing work like i don't know you know so that i i feel like i or rather what i'm saying is i agree with the fact that i think pokemon is at its best when it's moving you know through an intended path let's say yeah, the um, yeah. the newer Josh, ones. That... Uh, oh, sorry, go oh, ahead, Justin. Yeah, I I don't mean to take this off of Pokemon, but I do remember during our time at PAX, you were mentioning how there is uh, a difficulty of finding other games that aren't Pokemon for you to be kind of like involved with and wrapped around, right? I before we met, what? Well, first, I want to know how you're getting your other uh, video game recommendations. But then, two, I also want to know what else have you been playing that you've been really enjoying that hasn't been Pokemon. And has there been anything in the past like year or two that's really caught your eye? Say like, I don't know, maybe even like, so how far away was Breath of the Wild? Was that five years ago now? 2017. Yeah. My goodness. Six. Oh, six my, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> We're all old now, guys. <laughs> Switch has been out for six years already. That's so surprising. Um, dang. Anyway, anyway, long story short, though, like out of all the games that you've been playing or that you've seen come out, like oh, there have been some masterpieces. I'm not sure if you've if you've heard them yet. Like God of War was supposed to be one of them too, and Last of Us was supposed to be really amazing. Have you played any of these other games, and have you enjoyed them? Yeah, I'm pretty much mostly a Nintendo gamer. I, I like to play a lot of Nintendo stuff, and honestly, a lot of older games. My community just recommends me games, like for the most <laughs> part. Day. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's like I want you to play this. I want you to play this. I want you to play this. And uh, yeah, I mean. What have I what have I actually finished lately? Yeah, I've played uh, Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. I didn't beat it, but that was really fun. That was because of a Black Friday sale. Um, yeah. I kind of just play what's in front of me. I don't really have uh, a great way of cataloging games that will be good for me, which is why your guys' booth at PAX East was so intriguing to me. Yes. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Come be with the Jays, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think for the longest time, a lot of the idea behind crit rate was mostly from our own experiences. Like Justin and I tend to process games as well as the friends around us like pretty quickly. Um, so we're always kind of like looking to that next thing. And what's funny is uh, you say you play a lot of old games. I mean, a lot of our sensibilities tend to stem in retro. I mean, I feel like I play more old games than new games a lot of the time. Like uh, so I could definitely see kind of like, I'm sorry. There's way more of them. And that was a joke. It was a bad joke. No, no, that's for sure. Um, so I, I could definitely see it leaning that way. And it's funny that you say you play uh, Crash Bandicoot because that is it's a modern game, but it's ultimately like a retro styled game, you know? Yep. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if it's because like old retro stuff tends to have like a specific kind of like feeling to it. It's like it is more like narrow in scope. You know what I mean? It's like it is like digestible, I guess you could say. I don't know. That's something that I've always appreciated in that kind of stuff. Have there been any games that you've gone to maybe inside speedrunning that have been uh, like of interest to you or have like kind of captured your attention for some time? One game that I grew up with was The Simpsons Hit and Run, one mm. of my all time favorite games. Yeah. And it's actually just a fantastic speedrun. That was my first speed game that I did for Pokemon. Really? Yeah. Um, that game has always captured my attention and 
speedruns have like really kept me with that game for like a while. <laughs> yeah. Have have you ever been kind of like uh, guided into sort of the I I would say the other like primary speedrunning games like I feel like almost everyone that speedruns has played like Mario sixty four or you know Ocarina of Time or something like this like have you ever had an interest in moving to games like that just because they're sort of like so adjacent to the speedrunning space? I definitely want to. I you know I feel like they're just such a big part of speedrunning and speedrunning history that I want to know what it's all about and I want to experience it. I haven't done Super Mario 64 yet, but a week ago, right after PAX, I did my first ever BLJ successfully. No so, way. So soon enough, moment. I will be I will be there. <laughs> you are just a few steps away from your first PB. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's pretty exciting. All right, oh, guys, cool. cool acronyms. I get it. Personal best. <laughs> I Backwards I long jump was the BLJ, right? That's yes. right. Sorry. Uh, uh, who watched the YouTube video? Sorry, I'm sorry. But yeah. <laughs> it was funny. At one of our um at one of our extra life streams, which we did for a number of years, um, I did a 16 star run for that and God, I just failed so poorly. <laughs> I remember <laughs> we had people watching and I must have done on Bowser like six times and they were like, Yo, you really need to like shape up and figure this the out. The cool part is that you were trying, and that's what matters. I mean, like, honestly, especially with like the Mario 64 stuff, like, some of that is like impossible to hit even after like the 30th, some odd try. If you're not like not really, really fine tuning like the angles of the camera and like your the joystick on that N64 controller is not the yeah, best, especially after 20 else. plus years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hmm. So, one thing I'm curious about because uh you know because your job right in content creation is tied so strongly to pokemon is there kind of a compelling factor there where it's like you know that you're sort of like in your element and doing your best when you're playing pokemon games and that makes it kind of harder to dip into other other games or platforms or anything like that yeah there's definitely a bit of a pressure as a content creator you know your numbers are going to be lower if you don't play your main game that's mm. the case for almost every content creator unless you have the freedom to play anything you want which yeah bless those content creators <laughs> but uh fortunately i i really do love it and i love what i do so uh i i do feel like i'm in that box but at the same time pokemon is fortunately just such a massive franchise that i can do things that are still pokemon even though they aren't the main series games like for example I've been playing a lot of Pokemon Puzzle League on stream, which oh, is phenomenal game. Pokemon is so much fun. Yeah. And it, but it's very different from yeah, it's a normal Pokemon fun. game. It's yeah. great. I was, a, I played a lot of Tetris Attack back in the day, like uh, Super Nintendo. That was like, that was like one of my main games that my brother and I would play. It was so much fun. Uh, so yeah, Pokemon Puzzle League is pretty incredible. And yeah, there's a lot of different like genres that you can dip into, even just inside Pokemon. I know you said you just came off of a stream playing uh pokemon mystery dungeon which is kind of its own beast you know yes can't be easy to learn you know all these like fairly lengthy games to be able to play them in this capacity i mean how long does it usually take you to to kind of get to that point of comfort and confidence when you're playing a new game like that well first of all can you please help me get better at pokemon puzzle league if you're good at tetris attack 100%. because i'm i would, I'm so I would mad. love to teach you <laughs> that is my element i like i am down <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean and honestly that's the thing so many people are willing to help with yeah. with all these games i feel like uh with so many speedrunning communities you get so many people that are willing to help and you know today the world record holder of Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, the game that I was playing, Gates to Infinity, was in my stream almost the entire time, answering questions when I needed help. And, you know, they just want to see more people run the game. And that's part of my mission is just getting more people to speedrun because I'm just such a believer in the idea that no one is or is not a speedrunner. You're just playing a game fast. Yeah. You know? So just anyone can pick up a game and do it. Yeah. Playing the game near perfectly, you know, hitting every corner and like... <laughs> I mean, so it's so simple. You say you make it sound so easy. Do you think it starts with familiarity or if it really does come down to just like good information, like good teachers? A lot of it really is uh, the latter, you know, having mm. having people around you to help definitely is a good thing. Having good resources, good guides within a speedrunning community, I feel like is just so important. And obviously, that's no single person's responsibility, but 
you know, if that is present, that is just so advantageous to getting yeah. more people to run a game, to lower the bar the barrier uh, to entry for people that want to speed run. It's just it, it helps a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So I, I'd love to talk a bit. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Justin. No, no. I was just about to dive a little bit deeper into Josh's Pokemon history. Josh, yeah, do you yeah. remember? Do you remember your first starter Pokemon ever? Oh yeah, it's uh, my little boy over here on my microphone. Those that are listening uh, can't see it, but I have a little Piplup with a bow tie on my <laughs> mic stand. I uh, I pick Piplup. <laughs> all right, okay. And between all of them, I mean, why why Piplup? Why was he? Why was he or she your first? I can tell Honestly, you. What. Yeah, my friends told me to pick Piplup, and I haven't looked back since then because Piplup is a cute little penguin, and you know, <laughs> all right, nothing That's wrong fair. with that. No, I, I respect it. So many of my uh, Pokemon decisions as I'm playing a game, I, I'm extremely shallow when it comes to it because I'm not really trying to like min-max or get like the most powerful Pokemon. I'm just like, who looks cool? Sneasel, <laughs> yeah, get in here, Sneasel. <laughs> we're, we're hanging out, you know? Uh, For me, so what it I was, was uh, fire types. I don't know. Cynical? Cynical no. is definitely one of them. Charmander was the first ever, obviously. Yeah. I mean, come on. We're yeah. running, but anyway. My first one was Bulbasaur. And I, th I felt like, honestly, I think I was like, choice. I was nervous choice. when I played Pokemon the first time because a lot of my friends had already been playing and it just seemed like the safe choice. I don't know <laughs> if I was being honest. It felt like the safe choice to be the unique one for sure. I mean, I feel like you saw Charmander and you're like, OK, cool, like a lizard. Now I'm, I'm down. Squirtle yeah. is obviously the cute turtle. And then Bulbasaur is a dinosaur something frog else. <laughs> yeah, something else anyway there you go uh so josh i wanted to ask you a little bit more about uh the way that you're sort of like experimenting with pokemon playing nuzlocks i saw a couple of videos of uh doing egg locks and things like that um can you tell me about some of your experiences playing these different styles and really what got you into them and how you've been able to share that experience with other content creators yeah so it's all about just playing with the rule set Playing, yeah. playing with the rule set and and trying new things. I just launched two days ago a new challenge that I called the Cute Lock, <laughs> where okay. you're only allowed to use cute Pokemon. Love and it. there's, I have, I have a big spreadsheet. I did a bunch of voting with my community on which Pokemon are cute versus not, and it's actually pretty challenging because uh, it's pretty challenging because you know a lot of cute Pokemon are pretty weak. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, playing with the rule set is huge. There's another playthrough called uh, a Soul Link Nuzlocke where all of your Pokemon between two players, so you have a partner that you're playing with, uh, they're linked together. So your your capture on Route 1 is linked with the capture that your friend gets on Route 1, and then if that Pokemon dies, then so does theirs. So, oh, uh, wow. Makes a lot of drama, good banter, all of that. So playing with the rule <laughs> set's definitely big, and just being innovative, trying to think of new ideas and, you know, the tools that you have at your disposal, like spreadsheets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, I feel like this speaks to to you pretty well because, like, so th this is strange. Like, Justin and I operate a, a little bit differently with games. I'm extremely practical, like ascendiary, right? So I'm just trying to play games fast and do well and just kind of like clean my plate, right? Whereas Justin tends to find games that he's all about and then just really tries to like unfold that world in as many ways as possible. So can you tell me about some of the like the self imposed challenges with like Breath of the Wild and stuff? This is exactly what I'm thinking about, you know? It's pretty much right. I mean, throughout the, ah, man, I, I just like games in a different way. I don't I don't know how to explain it. I just get obsessed, okay. like Elden Ring, for instance, and it's like, you know what? I want to see if you can make a viable build with two shields. I just want to see if that's possible. I just, I don't know. I'll spend hours <laughs> trying to do it. But uh, so, I, I can see the same thing going on with Pokemon, like to the nth degree for sure. Josh, just to give you an example, I distinctly remember Justin excitedly telling us when Breath of the Wild came out that he would go to one of the villages and just follow the NPCs. Around. All right. We don't have to tell everything <laughs> to tell just, you in secret to everyone. <laughs> but it was just very cool. So like, just see what happens. Like, what, what do they yeah. do? You know, how do they go about their day? And I'm going to tell you, they all have their own independent schedules with one another, depending on the weather. And it was fascinating it was so fascinating <laughs> uh just staring at people through windows and like in the corner of their rooms as they sleep it's totally fine people play video games differently guys <laughs> oh, man. stop judging that's awesome so i i do have one question just to, to clarify something so you're saying that with some of these nuzlocks you're playing with a partner right this soul link uh yep. 
situation. So how does that actually work? Because there you can't really play Pokemon cooperatively. So like, how does that actually like work? You just play side by side and, you know, having like a document or a spreadsheet up where you just write down like, oh, on this route, I caught this, you caught this. Now that has to, those Pokemon need to be in the party at the same time. So it's I just, uh, it's a lot of coordination and people love it in terms of content because it, it can make some really interesting stories. And, you know, let's say, for example, if you're playing a randomizer of a Pokemon game and, you know, you have one route where you catch, uh, you know, like a Mewtwo and then your partner catches a Magikarp. You're going to have to fight over if you, you know, oh, I want to use this Mewtwo, oh, but I don't want to use the Magikarp. You have to fight over that to see if you even want to use that at all. Because if your friend boxes the Magikarp, you have to box the Mewtwo. So it's a lot of cooperation and it makes for great content. It's very fun. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So randomizers is another. See, this, this is where the Curionaut totally makes sense because I'm just like, it's just experimenting with the formula, really changing up the game to, to break it open. So can you explain randomizers a little bit? Yeah, so randomizers have come a really long way in recent years for Pokemon in terms of modding. Um, you know, initially it started off with mainly just randomizing the wild encounters. So you go to a route, you have the grass and everything there is random. And then you could do trainers that are random. So all of the trainers have random Pokemon, but now it's crazy. You can make Pokemon evolve randomly every level. You can make every Pokeball that's in the grass a random item. You can randomize the shop items that they sell. You can randomize wow. the trainer names. You can give bosses six Pokemon. It's crazy. If you saw wow. this randomizer program, it works for generations one through seven of Pokemon. There are so many options. It's crazy. And it always makes the game like still viable, right? Like regardless of the randomizer, it's always like beatable. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I, I mean, there's some really crazy ones. Some allow you to randomize all of the moves of the Pokemon and the types that they have and the abilities that they have. Like it's it's mind blowing. You could make an extreme randomizer that randomizes literally everything you could imagine. That's awesome. When you say that they randomly evolve like something might evolve into a completely different Pokemon. Yeah, you could have a Magikarp that evolves into uh, into an Articuno, and then the next level it evolves into a Bulbasaur, and then so on and so forth. It's what? crazy. Amazing. Yep. That's there are wild. map randomizers now where you really? literally randomize all of the warp points, and it's really fun. That oh, sounds that's super so cool. cool. Yeah. And and you can like combine this with uh with all of these different, you know, other gameplay styles. So you could have like a randomizer nuzlocke or like a randomizer uh like you could speed run a randomized run. Yeah, the per the amount of permutations here is just endless. Hmm. This is so cool. It's so cool cuz it I feel like it just completely revitalizes games in like a a completely new way. Just especially stuff that you have some level of familiarity with like it, it's like how cool would it be to play Pokemon Red again for the first time? And it's like, you kind of are. <laughs> All yeah. right, Josh, weird side, to, uh, weird next question. Uh, are there any types of Pokemon runs that you are starkly against that you don't like, mm. that you don't think it's like worth your time or that you don't even, like, you don't have any respect for? Pokemon Dash should be <laughs> banished. Launch oh title gosh. for the Nintendo DS. It's awful. Yeah, I hate horrendous it. game. Horrendous it's game. so bad, and my community wants me to play it so much. That's probably how I paid like for a month of rent last year was selling out to my community. Like, all right, if someone tips a hundred dollars, I'll play Pokemon Dash tomorrow. <laughs> and then someone does, and I'm like, well, all right, yep. cool. Thanks for the money. <laughs> you, you, you dug your own grave. Let's do yeah. this. Yep. <laughs> oh man. So, but that's got to be on the list for this uh, for this full series run, right? Oh, good point. Yeah, it was assigned to me. Oh no! Oh, you really actually, did it is, it's unironically bad. Like if you play it, it's just it controls poorly. The graphics are bad. It looks like a Game Boy Advance game on the DS. It's just it's very poor. Yeah. Are there any other uh, games in that lineup that you're kind of dreading? I'm trying to think of all the weird one-offs like Ranger and you I know. love Ranger. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ranger's cool. Um, it's a bit of an oddity. Yeah, it is. It's it's fun. Uh, the only one that I'm Maybe not dreading, but skeptical of is Pokin. I need to learn Pokin tournament, and I've never played a fighting game. I played Smash, but you know that's not really, yeah, not like you your traditional. Played... Hmm. I'm surprised you haven't played Pokin. I mean, it's a pretty like for a fighting game and for a Pokemon game. It's like 
I feel like it's pretty, it's pretty good. It's pretty rad. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I was never good at it, but I liked playing it and it looks yeah. really cool. And I mm-hmm. saw really good people playing it. And that that's looked the really important cool. part. Yeah. There yeah. you go. So it, t- it tells me that this game can be played on a certain level and it'll look and, you know, be interesting. But that's on your list as well. Yep. I, the race is two weeks from now and I haven't even played it at all yet so i'm gonna oh, be man. an expert within a week or two <laughs> how do you actual uh, games are there on this list i'm trying to think yeah. now like oh, every gosh. time i think about it there's like there's even more that just pop into my mind yeah <coughs> it, it's a pretty incredible number like there are just so many pokemon games because of how massive that the franchise is mm-hmm. uh, how does one 100 hey you pikachu i was just about to ask about hey you pikachu too <laughs> literally you know, I know nothing about that game. Fortunately, I I own it, but I that's not the game that I have to beat. <laughs> Good. Okay. I think that's, yeah. that's when does the credit really screen even roll for the Hey You Pikachu game? I don't even I don't think I've ever gotten far enough to even consider there to be a credit screen. Yeah, I've only ever heard people playing it enough to get frustrated with the voice commands and then be like, all right, I'm out. Yeah. It's a sixty eight right. games, by the way. I just got the number. Sixty-eight. That's a lot. Yep, and that ex- a lot of games. That excludes some weird ones that you can't really speed run, like Pokemon Go, uh, things true. like that. Yeah. True. Were you uh, part of the Pokemon Go craze? I have to imagine, yes. Oh yeah, when it started, I was, but it got to a point where it kind of felt like you needed to pay money to really get the full experience, and that's when I kind of dipped out because I was like, oh, I could use this money on other things. Yeah. Yeah. That's we were all what definitely team? addicted for quite some time. Oh, yep. go ahead, Justin. What team did you choose? Mystic. Of course. Oh, of course. Yeah, With the rest of the cool kids. Come on. <laughs> I was on instinct and immediately felt uh, judged by everybody, but the other two teams. I don't know why nobody oh. liked instinct. I thought it was cool. Rest assured, you were judged by everyone else. Yeah, hey, I figured as much. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we, we were all very into Pokemon Go for a while. I felt like it got to a point where I was like going to locations and like, not paying attention to why I was there and was more so interested in what Pokemon I could catch while I was there. And I was like, okay, maybe I need to separate from this for a little while. Yeah. (laughs) Can get very involved. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing game though. An amazing game. Well, I am just about at the end of the questions that I have. The next major thing that I was going to ask was, so it looks like Speedrun survivor was the last big, uh, production, you know, quality, uh, event Shoot. that you put together is there anything else that you have sort of lined up in the future that you're you know you've got cooking i after the series race in a couple of weeks from now that that's the first uh, big thing in the near future other than that everything is top secret right now i, I do have a big thing in the works but uh it's Ooh. totally confidential right now cool. all right well when the time comes where would we go to find or see or where can we find josh the fourth gen gamer yeah, definitely check out my YouTube, The Fourth Gen Gamer, and in the immediate future, definitely follow my Twitch, The Fourth Gen Gamer. I am live almost every day there, almost always playing some kind of a Pokemon speedrun, and I love answering questions. So if you ever have any niche specific speedrun or just Pokemon questions, I'm always happy to answer them. Awesome. And then Justin, do you have any other questions for our friend Josh? Hmm, I think I had some more Pokemon specific questions, but oh. What? I just remembered an obvious one. Who's what? your favorite Pokemon? <laughs> there, I mean, there's definitely one of them. <laughs> yep, it, it's going to be Piplup, my first Pokemon. Yeah, okay. Okay, okay. I, okay question for you is, who got you? I mean, a bunch of people, obviously, when you're saying uh, in school, they got you onto the craze of Pokemon, but like, who got you into video games? Let's go. Let's go back a little bit. I know, I know we're coming towards the end of the podcast, but let's get to know Josh a little bit more. <laughs> Yeah, I probably my parents. My my dad's actually a pretty big gamer. He was a big PlayStation person, so that's why really? The Simpsons Hit and Run was a big game for me because oh. I had that, where he had that on PlayStation Two, and I I love playing yeah. that. So yeah, we were a PlayStation family. I I'm a Nintendo person now, but I I uh, I didn't have a Nintendo console until the Wii. Wow! And then until for the PlayStation, Wii. what was your what was your dad's favorite uh, game, or what Ooh. kind of games did he enjoy? Probably Twisted Metal. I think Ooh. he uh, that was a big one that he really liked. Awesome. Mm. Awesome. Were awesome. You, did you jump into any JRPGs with the PlayStation back in the day? Like, uh, I don't know, Final Fantasy 7 or 9? or 
No, not act, not at all. Actually, Pokemon was very a very different leap for me when I was younger. Wow. How cool! Do you remember? Do you remember your first game? Oh my god, my first game! I need of to ask any my parents real, that. Right. Well, of any real, let's say memory. Like, I, if I was to think of mine, I think mine had to have been uh, Sonic, uh, like the first on Sega Genesis. Um, that was like the first game I think I've ever tried. And that was like uh, my father giving it to me to give it a shot. But and then after that, it just became a whole new set of like other stuff. But do you remember anything on your side? Now I really want to ask my parents. I think the the first game that really comes to mind that I have really fond memories with is the Simpsons Hit and Run for PlayStation yeah. 2. Mm. There's definitely something I've played before that, but nothing meaningful that I carried with me. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> it's a great game. I mean, you could do a lot worse than hit Simpsons hit and run. That's yeah. a pretty amazing game. All right. Well, I think we have found the end of our podcast. Again, Josh, thank you so much for your time today and answering our onslaught of questions about Pokemon and speedrunning and your life. Uh, <laughs> everyone should check Josh out at the fourth gen gamer on YouTube and the fourth gen gamer on Twitch. Um, is there anything else that uh, you'd like to tell the audience before we go? No, but thank you so much for having me. It's uh, been a pleasure. Awesome. Well, it has been a pleasure. Thank you, Josh, for your time. Thank you, Justin. Thank and you, Josh and Justin. <laughs> and we'll see you all in the next one. Thank you, everybody. Bye.